Hi everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Kevin. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. For you listeners out there that have listened to every episode, Kevin has already been on several episodes. He is our producer. He is our editor. He is like the third eye in this triad of Latino American podcasting humor that we try to create. And, you know, Jenny has had a chance to record many episodes with you. Yep. I f- was feeling really left out and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Kevin is like Venezuelan mm-hmm. and I feel like you and Jenny are very close for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. You guys have worked together for a long time. And it's not that I get jealous, but I'm like, me and Kevin have our <laughs> own relationship and friendship. Yeah. How dare us not have our own episode? Jenny doesn't even know this is happening. I didn't tell her. <gasps> oh this my is, God. Yeah, she doesn't know that we're having our own uh, podcast rendezvous. Honestly, there might be a drama. Yeah. Hey, Jenny, hope you're you're liking this episode. Guess what? Mm-hmm. I circumvented your best friend. <laughs> Many weeks ago, Kevin and I and Jenny were on a Zoom and I was like, oh my God, roommates are crazy. And Kevin was like, yeah, man, roommates are crazy. And Jenny's like, I don't know, bro. Like I've never had roommates. I like, I live with my parents in Miami and then I moved <laughs> with my husband here. And like, yeah, like, I don't know. I never had roommates. Like I've been really lucky. I've been really lucky. And I'm like, yeah, you have been lucky. What? Why does your Jenny sound like Sylvester Stallone? Because Jenny is like a little (laughs) cute Sylvester Stallone in my head. Yeah. No, you're right. Now that makes sense. It fits. It really fits. Yeah. Yeah. So she wouldn't have have been able to do this episode anyway. No. And you and I have had really interesting experiences with roommates. Yes. And roommates is such an illogical concept (laughs) that has become logical because our generation just makes a lot less money. Yeah. 100%. We literally cohabitate with strangers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this wasn't the case for you, but I've only had roommates in my 30s. I didn't have roommates when I was younger. The only roommate I had in my 30s is my husband. I had roommates starting at 18 till about 28. Yeah. So I did 10 years of roommates, of which I'd say 33% were fine. 33% were great. And 33% made me question my own existence. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to give you three options, okay? okay? Three options of stories. This is kind of like a multiple choice. So option number one, am I going insane? Door number two, mm-hmm. ew. <laughs> and room number three, okay, girl, do your thing. Those are the three options. Let's start with I'm going crazy. Great. The first one. Okay, number one. Okay, perfect. So I moved to New York. And I have a cousin and she says, oh, a friend of a friend is moving to New York too. She's really nice. She's a Latina American and like really dope, very smart. I think you guys would make great roommates. And I was like, honestly, I can't afford an apartment by myself. This is great. So I meet with her. She seems very nice. So I'm living my life. And I've always been a bit of a scatterbrained. I have ADD and I tend to blame everything on myself. Yeah. So weird things started happening to me. I would put my bag of makeup down on the table and then I'd go turn around to get it and it would be gone and my instinct was oh god I'm such a fucking idiot I put it I put that bag somewhere now I can't find it and I'd look and look and look and and I wouldn't find it anywhere and I'd be like oh god oh fuck okay that that's bad then I'd be like all right I got my anti-anxiety medication from my doctor I'm gonna put it in my underwear drawer to make sure I don't lose it then I go to open it the next day and the pills aren't there I'm like oh my god This is like six months. Six months of this goes on. Okay. I book a therapy session and I'm like, hey, I think I'm going crazy. I'm losing my stuff. It's really bad. And my doctor's like, um, 
this seems kind of inconsistent with like what you've been like, but you know, I'll, 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 I'll get you on Adderall so that you, so I start my like ADHD medication. Things still go missing. My very, very best friend from Colombia comes to visit. She is what I like to call a type A. I'm a type Z. <laughs> this bitch knows where everything is. She comes to visit me and her stuff starts to go missing. And I start thinking, oh my God, am I waking up in the middle of the night unconscious and like taking her stuff and throwing it away or something? I keep on having this anxiety that there's this like Jekyll and Hyde thing in me, <laughs> that there's something dark. So like one day, one of her shoes goes missing, not two, one of her shoes. And she's like, Joanna, I, I didn't want to, to be the one to tell you this, but like a lot of your friends are thinking the same thing. And we know that you really like your roommate, but we think your roommate is stealing from you. Oh my God. And we think your roommate is stealing from all your friends. And my head jumps back to Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy was a big hurricane that hit New York and my apartment was a safe zone. And I had six friends stay with me and all six friends had s stuff that went missing. Oh, and I just assumed it was, it was because a lot of women in the same room with like coats and this and that, and like, it was bound to happen. But I got into a fight with one of those friends and, and didn't speak for, for many years because she, she thought that I had taken her really fancy leather jacket. Wow. This is like that Zach Galifianakis gift where the numbers are passing <laughs> by. And it, it's embarrassing to say because I felt very naive in the moment. But in that moment, I was like, all right. And I took all the courage I had and I sent a text to my roommate who was at a concert. And I said, listen, girl, I'm going to go to your room because things are missing. Oh, my God. Dude, I go into that room. It's like a Joanna Shrine. There's my underwear. There's oh my, my journals. There's my friend's stuff from when they stayed there. There's bags and bags and bags of Sephora testers. There's shoes. There's, it is like, I mean, I can't put into words <laughs> the stuff that I saw. And I had been living with this person for two years. And I thought I had been going insane. But turns out that she was stealing shit from me. But the part that makes me the most angry is that I had friends that went to college with her. And I would go to brunch with them and I'd be like, oh man, I think I'm going crazy. And they were like, oh, well. They knew. <laughs> and then I called them all. They, they were like, oh yeah, she got in trouble in college for stealing people's stuff. And I'm like, oh why God. didn't you tell me? And they were like, I don't know. We didn't want to ruin it for you. And I'm like, ruin what for me? I literally <laughs> thought I was going insane. I thought I was like mementoing out. Like I thought <laughs> that in two years there was going to be a documentary series about me going crazy, you know? Yeah. So I didn't have the heart to kick her out. I helped her find two therapists. And I was like, please never come into my room again. And she's mm. like, I promise I'll never steal from you. Obviously, she did. What did she say? Like, did she explain herself? What was her whole deal? So her whole explanation was that I was messy. And that because I was messy and a, a messy, shitty roommate, mm -hmm. she was just trying to clean up. And your friend's stuff. My friend's stuff was in a shopping bag next to her luggage. So I was like, well, how about that? And she was like, oh, it just seemed out of place. So I kept it. And the amount of gaslighting, <laughs> in retrospect, now, this was like eight years ago. But the amount of gaslighting lighting i didn't there was no word for gaslighting back then it was just like oh a, a countering opinion with no substance to make mm -hmm. you angry and i yeah. i felt guilty for calling her out because she was so nice to me and in all other aspects we were good roommates but she did that to me and and because we shared friend circles i never told any i've never told anyone up until right now i right, right now on this podcast eight years later i'm saying it how old were you? Like 23 or something. I think this is why people can only have roommates when they're young. Why? Because even if without this experience, even if you had gone your whole 20s without having any roommates and now you're in your 30s and you had this roommate, you would have immediately 
known what was going on. Yes. And the minute that she was like, oh, no, you're a mess. You're like, this is bullshit. You're bullshit. This is all bullshit. You're lying to me. But when we're in our 20s, and especially when it comes to friends or people in our lives, we want to like please them. Yeah. We want to yeah. think that we're making good choices about the people we're living with. It's like self-protection. You didn't want to tell yourself that you had been so naive or so trusting. So you kind of like believed her crap. I, I wanted to believe her crap because I, it was like family and roommates, especially like when you're a young 20 something year old and you move to a city that you're scared of. I was scared of New York. I I, I, per- I was so afraid of everything yeah. and everyone. And then I went home to my like safe space, which we spoke about in the Aquila episode. And I wanted to feel safe. And the idea of that space being so absolutely terrorized and not safe was something mm-hmm. I just couldn't wrap my head around. And I tried to make it work to the point where her mom got involved and my mom got involved because that's what you do when you're 23. Yes. Yeah. And the mom started writing me like really horrific, abusive messages, oh my God. blaming me for it. And I believed it. And 33-year-old Joanna would be like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, bitch, um, I'm calling the police on you and I will literally ruin your life. Like, But in that moment, all I felt was just an overwhelming sense of being lost and, and guilt, you know? Yeah. What for you is, I, I'm not saying an equivalent experience because you're in your 30s, so you probably wouldn't have gone two years living with a kleptomaniac. But No, I think for me, when I moved to LA, that's when I started living with roommates because I couldn't afford not to. And it was this house, the rent wasn't cheap, but it was like nothing to get in. I didn't have to prove income. I just had to like pay the deposit and I was in. Mm -hmm. So I moved into this place and it's a house with like four rooms in it. And then they would rent each room individually. A lot of people would come and go. Like this guy would live there for a while and then he would leave and somebody else would come in. And the landlord didn't consult us. He would just bring somebody new in. So we were always dealing with new people. Some of them were a little weird. Some of them were a little loud or like they would get into arguments and stuff like that. But for the most part, for like a good year and a half, even with really weird, crazy people there that would, you know, sometimes get a little rowdy, everybody pretty much left me alone. And then at a certain point, all of a sudden, it was me in my 30s and it was three young guys in their 20s. Logan was from the Midwest. We kind of knew that his family had money because his mom literally moved him in. Mm -hmm. Like she put up the curtains. She brought in furniture. We all met his mom Mm -hmm. before we met Logan. And then one day he was just there. And we all knew that his parents were paying his rent, paying his expenses in L.A. And then there was Caleb. And he was really trying to live the bohemian lifestyle. Like he really thought he was like Jack Kerouac. Like he wanted to just like (laughs) chill. And like it was very, very interesting. And then Sebastian was a lot more normal. He was just like a regular guy. He went to work. He was very nice, but he was a little bit like needy. So I ended up being essentially a den father Mm. for these three boys. It was like living in a fret house and I am like the dad and I am private. I like to like keep to myself. My room had its own bathroom. So I really didn't have to deal with them and that sort of stuff. I didn't really use the kitchen much. So I was essentially telling them, guys, the the rest of the house is yours. I live near the front. I'm just going to come and go. And they just wouldn't leave me out of things. Like Logan would befriend everybody that would live in the house and then create some sort of beef with them. Every single person that ever lived there, he'd be like, yeah, we're buddies, we're buddies. And then like a month or two later, he'd be like, that person's the worst. And he ended up having a beef with Sebastian. And Sebastian's like the most innocuous, sort of like normal sort of person you'll ever meet. And Logan had this hatred for him. So Logan, Midwestern, upper class kid, would walk around the house rapping mm-hmm. his own raps that he would write about. Like he grew up in the hood. He would talk about like slinging crack. And I'm like, dude, like there's no way. And But he would do it also to scare Sebastian. And I would have to have talks with these guys. I would have to like be like, listen, Logan, I know you're feeling a lot of big feelings right now. I would have to be like a preschool teacher 
adventure with these guys. And then Sebastian was a pretty normal guy, but he was weirdly clingy in that he would kind of complain that I was never home or that I would never hang out with them. And I didn't know how many times I had to explain to these guys, I don't want to be your friends. Like, I'm going to be nice to you guys, but I'm not going to be your buddies that we're not going to hang out. We're not going to go out for drinks. Like, we're totally different generations. We have totally different interests. And all three of them at different points would like, kind of make it a big deal that I just wasn't their buddy. And I think there's something about being in your 20s where you think that the people that you are randomly associated with in school or roommates, that they have to be your friends and they have to be your lifelong friends. And I just never had that experience. So home is where you're most vulnerable. Yes. I'm in boxers and a little sports bra, eating my little chippies, just watching my (laughs) reality TV. And for years, I shared that space with people that weren't necessarily my friends. They were just people that could afford the room next to me. Yeah. And transferring from being a kid in your parents' house to being an adult with people that will not necessarily love you unconditionally forever, it's such a stark like wake-up call to how I felt weirdly very alone. When I had roommates I liked, which was like in college when I lived with my uh, now husband and and friends, I I, I felt really great, but yes. my experiences with bad roommates, which were mostly prevalent in my twenties, made me feel more alone having them in the house than being by myself, because it was like I I feel so overwhelmed. It's like being outside. It's like mm-hmm. you don't have a safe space. No, it's like having a home that's missing a, a wall. And you're like, yeah, I'm inside, but I'm not really inside. You're still being exposed to the elements. And yeah, having roommates that you don't like or that you don't get along with is like that. You're safe, you're in a place, but you still have to constantly deal. Your mind is always thinking about this other person that is an issue yeah. right outside your door. And and you know what's crazy is like, my husband has been my quote unquote roommate for five years. I've lived with him for five years. I, I love him as a human being. I think he is one of the best people in the world. And it's not easy to live with him mm-hmm. because we're two people in a fucking space. And I can't believe I lived with people I didn't like. Yes. I'm like, with this wonderful human being, <laughs> with this gem of a person, I find it difficult. But I spent time with a woman that stole from me. And I was like, I guess this is life. Yeah. So I had to kick her out, right? And then I was desperate. So I filled the room up with just someone I sort of knew from Chicago that was moving to New York. Very nice guy. I called everyone he knew that he was like, they were like, really nice guy. So a week into him living in my apartment, a, a, a smell started to emanate. Oh my God. I brought two friends over, including my now husband. And he was like, Joanna, it smells horrible in here. And he was like, this smells so weird in here. And the smell was like a bizarre, musty, Oof. milk gone bad smell. So I started just buying candles and perfumes and whatever. And one day I opened the door to his room and I noticed it was like in an absolute and utter chaotic mess. Yeah. And, and he smelled. And I was like, okay, well, he's a nice guy. Like, I feel safe with him. Maybe I want to vomit every time he's around. And <laughs> my apartment smells like a uh, morgue. But, you know, what are you going to do? This is me at 25. Yes. Like, just like, let's make do. Yeah, you're like, this is what life is. I can't do anything about it. And <laughs> yeah. now in your 30s, you're like, no, I can do everything about this. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, well, I guess this is what, this is what life is. This is what adult <laughs> adulting is. It's like, no, adulting is actually setting your standards and yes. standing up for yourself. So there, there began to be a cockroach and rat problem in my apartment. And I asked him several times if I could hire a cleaning lady to go into his room. And he kept on saying, no, 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 no. I don't want anyone mm. in my room. I don't want anyone in my room. And one day he left 
and he left his room unlocked. So the night before, I was just watching TV, and a cockroach Oof. came up to my hair. And I was like, absolutely not. This, I mean, it's going to be a straight-up no for me. There's got to be something going on in this room. I feel like the cockroach came up to you to be like, hey, can you do something about the guy? Because it's really dirty in there, and like it's even too dirty for us. You know what? When I think about it, that cockroach was a really good friend. Yes. Because that cockroach did something difficult to make me face something I didn't want to face. That cockroach did more as a friend to you than those other friends from the previous roommates who'd never warned you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I opened the door and I'm not exaggerating. I think it's like the worst smell I've ever smelled. And I started mm. looking around and there was a, a box of pizza. I opened it. It was molded to the point of it. It was completely Oof. green. There was a glass of milk that was filled with a fungus. I, I actually gagged several times going through there. And I was like, okay, this is disgusting. Before I kick him out, I want to do a social experiment. So I moved his toothbrush 20 degrees in a bizarre direction. And I got his soap and I had it stand up on the weird side that no one would put it down when just to see if he washed and cleansed himself. Two weeks passed. Nothing. Nothing. And I didn't know what to do. And I just am not a confrontational person. So I, I literally made up a lie. And I was like, oh, my cousin's going to come live with me. You have to move out. <laughs> uh, and he was like, oh, but like, I love living here. And I'm like, no, you're so great. And in my head, I'm like, get the fuck out. And I'm like, and my cousin's coming in four days. So sorry, you got to go. And wow. he left. But I had to hire someone to deep clean because it yes. smelled so bad in the room that it permeated through the rest of the apartment. And oh it was stuck on the walls. Jesus. What I think my biggest mistake was, was thinking that if people are nice, they'd be good roommates. Yeah. And no. there can be very nice people that are absolutely horrific roommates. Mm -hmm. And I am an extrovert and I like thinking the best of people. And I think many times I let people into my into my personal space thinking that they're since they're nice, they'll be respectful. Not the case. No. And by the way, both of them, I'd say are nice people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and like, I would say the same thing. Those those three guys that lived with me, they were nice enough guys. But yeah, it's just, it just doesn't work in terms of living with them. But it is kind of crazy when you think about how for people who are couples and they'll be like dating for a while and then it's like a big step. It's like, we're going to move in together. And this is somebody that like you love or like you at least like or at least you have something with. But then with roommates, we're just like, hi, stranger. Let's move yeah. in together. And it's totally acceptable to just do that, to just like cohabitate with somebody that you barely know anything about. And you're just like, I, I hope they seem nice. It's like it's like moving in with somebody on the first date, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The same thing you were saying about how like you just assume that like somebody seems nice in normal life, that they're going to be a good roommate. So after this place with these guys, I went to live with the guy that used to be the property manager there. Mm -hmm. And he was this older guy who was older than me. He was in his 40s. So you were like, oh, God, thank God. Yes. Maybe I no longer have to yes. be a dad. And we had, like, as a property manager, he was cool. He was kind of like this rocker sort of British guy with an accent. He had tattoos. I'm like, this guy's cool. He plays in a band. Uh, but he also doesn't seem like he's like, you know, he doesn't have like a crazy life. He's just like a property manager and plays in a band. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go live with this guy. And you were like, this guy, I like this guy. You were like, this guy gives me good vibes. It was it was somebody who I was like, we could be friends, I guess. So I move in and it's a it's a house that's his place. And it's like him and his wife. So I move in and it's like, I have my own room. I have my own bathroom. And this is 
right at the head of the pandemic. This is 2020, like January. And I move in and the issue was we were in the middle of the pandemic and he would insist on hanging out. He would insist on being like, hey, let's have a beer. Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And I'm like, I am so sorry. The only people I see is my friend Jenny and then her husband and that's it. But and this I is can't... because this is a choice you've decided in your life that you you just don't need to hang out with a person that you live with and this person was was imposing it on you. In a non-pandemic time, I would have just hung out with him. I would have just oh, been like, yeah, let's have a beer. But right. I just, I was like, I can't, especially Jenny who's immunocompromised, I couldn't risk getting COVID and then passing it on to her yeah. or creating a scenario where I couldn't work with her because we were making a lot of content that year. Right. So I was just like, I am sorry. I can't hang out with you guys. And then they would have people over. They would have friends over. He was, he, he was, they were just not really being COVID safe. She was nannying. They would take the, the kids places. He was like, I think he was, he was in culinary school. And at one point they went back to in-person and then he started working at a restaurant. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't, I can't be part. I can't like you guys can like, I can live here with you. I just, I can't see you guys. And any reasonable person would be like, that's fine. But then I think the wife was, she was totally okay with it. But he took it really personally. So he would kind of get really like, mm, well, yeah, whatever. At some point during that 2020 pandemic year, it got to a point where he would just drink a lot at night and then they would fight. Like they would just get into shouting matches and fights with each other. No. And it would get, it's not just like an argument, like it would become shouting matches. And I'm like, do I go out there? Do I stop them? Do I protect her? Because if she if she was in danger, I would have done something. But she wasn't. She would they would just be arguing. Do I call the cops? Do I get in fights with them? And then the next morning, everything would be okay. And he'd be like, "Oh, sorry, we made some noise," but it was ongoing, and it would get worse and worse and worse and worse. And I'm just in my room, like I I can't be part of this. Like I cannot be part of this. I can't put myself in a situation where I'm going to get hurt or something. And then the breaking point of everything with the, with them trying to like make me socialize with 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 them and everything is that one at one point she went out of town she went home to see her family and he was there by himself and i came home and he had been drinking this seems like to be a, a pretty a pretty common thread with this particular individual yes and he had been drinking and he was kind of drunk and it was a situation where like i realized that like if his wife was there he would have been arguing with his wife oh and that was the thing. He would live in this house and he would just kind of act like he lived on his own. He liked having roommates, but he also just wanted to do whatever he wanted to. He would be loud, make make food loud, play music loud. He would sometimes, I would leave the room sometimes and he would like sprint into the bedroom and his wife would be like, oh, sorry, he was naked because he would like walking around naked. So that night at one point, he was trying to be like, sorry, sorry, I'm always naked, you know? And I was just like trying to just be like, whatever. And I was like, hey, I don't care. You can do whatever you want. Like it doesn't like, you know, it's just the human body. I don't care. So I said that to him just to just say it. And he got really weird where he was like, oh, man, you're so cool. You're so cool. Out of the blue, he was just like, I don't just I just don't know anything about you, Kevin. I don't know anything about you. I don't even know if you like boys or girls. Oh, he was like getting drunker and drunker. And at one point he was just like, oh, do you want to suck my cock? Oh, my God. He was doing it in a jokey way. But part of me was like, is he joking or is he like trying to see? I don't know. It felt really, really like harassment. It felt like harassment. Like he was like. He weaponized it. He weaponized it. And he was either yeah. making fun of me, like mocking me, or he was trying to see if he could get something from me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it made me so fucking uncomfortable. And not that I, I obviously understand the shit women go through. Like I'm not like devoid of that. But it was the first situation I was in where I was like, oh, 
this is that sense of like danger. Like I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it right now. Mm -hmm. We're like, this is possibly somebody who's either mocking me or somebody who's going to like do something that's going to like hurt me because I didn't know what I, you know, he could have just been joking. He could have just been being inappropriate, but it just, part of me felt like it was, he wanted to see what he, I don't know. It was a really uncomfortable situation. And at that point I was just like, I got to go. I went into my room. Oh my God. And um, I feel like this was supposed to be a funny story. Now I feel like I'm like. No, that was like a traumatizing story. I don't, I'm, I'm like in my head, I'm like, let me find a joke to this. Literally zero. <laughs> a good amendum to, to this is that a little while ago, I texted the wife about some mail that I got that I was hoping that they had received. And she told me that he had been sober since mm. since soon after I moved out. So maybe you were the cockroach of that situation. Yeah. And they were nice people. Like, they're not bad people. They were, like, nice people. Like, they're people who I would be friends with regularly. They were kind of cool, whatever. But it was just a living situation. And she said it to me when I was moving out. I think we just, we just probably shouldn't have roommates. We're a married couple. We shouldn't have roommates. Yeah. Your only roommates should be your children. Yes. That's probably how it works because you have to love yeah. them unconditionally even though they're yeah. monsters. Yeah. So I'm glad I was I'm glad I was like the cockroach or whatever in the sense of like maybe if it made him realize that this was affecting more people than just him then because they were nice people. They are nice people. It was just a really bad situation that I had with them. I like how your stories are so funny and mine are like Well, that's what happens <laughs> when you have roommates in your 30s. You yes. know what I mean? In your 20s, everyone's just a fucking mess. Like one of my roommates in college, the funny thing that I had to go through was she discovered the concept of a vibrator and wouldn't let me into the room <laughs> for like several hours at like per day. And I'd be like, um, I need to pick up a book. And she's like, sorry. I'm like, it's not even a person. You can literally turn it off and on. This isn't a an experience that you need to like set the time apart because there is a human involved. You there it is a robot that is there so you can pause it. Jesus Christ. But yeah, like I I think that the kleptomaniac, the guy that smelled weird, like this thing, like I think one of the reasons I'm able to speak of it so lightly is cuz it mm -hmm. happened so long ago and it was mm -hmm. and it because I was in a point of like learning and understanding myself, but I I am I would be absolutely unwilling to live through any of that now and not mm -hmm. only unwilling, but I would not find it funny or like interesting yeah. or like it would be like I think that home and we've talked about this before, for me home is the place where I can also be my worst self. Yes. I can be in a bad mood. I can burp. I can leave shit messy at times, even though my husband never lets me, so maybe not so much. But it's also the place where I find my, the like a, a sacred part of myself. Yes. Where I rest, where I think, where I, you know, make space for me. And yeah. even with a partner that I love, it's it's hard. It's difficult to share that space with someone. Yeah. If you think about it, where you're saying that like home is a sacred place where you can just be yourself and you be your worst self. From that perspective, you were a terrible roommate to your super dirty roommate because he just wanted to be the worst person. Yeah. He wanted to live in his room and be disgusting and have nobody bother him. And then he's probably on another podcast being like, I had a roommate that walked into my room and moved my toothbrush. No, you're right. Well, yeah, because at home you are your purest self, the good and the bad. Yeah. And for that reason, it's just mind boggling to me. Yeah. How generally people find ways to cohabitate with people that 
are deeply unlike themselves. Yeah. My last roommate experience was with one of my best friends, and it was one of the best roommate experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I decided to leave it on that note. And I'm like, I, yeah. I can't go back anymore. I currently have the best roommate experience I've had. Why? I'll tell you why. After the disaster of, of the guy and his wife, I found a place with a nice lady who owns the house and she rents out two rooms. She rents out one room to me and one room to another guy. And I think he is roughly my same age. And the reason I say I think so is because in the year and a half I lived here, I've only seen his face twice what a dream for you that's your dream roommate. it's perfect we don't know anything about each other but i think we're on the exact same page i think the perfect roommate to have is somebody who doesn't want to have a roommate and i think that's the situation we're <laughs> in i think that he like me has probably had terrible experiences with roommates people who were like, clingy wanted to be yeah. friends got into fights arguments this other guy that i live with whose name is also kevin which is funny it's to me the perfect roommate I think a lot of people in their 20s are seeking for, especially when you move to a new city, you, I think, put a lot of, place a lot of stock in your in your roommate as a friend. And that's a mistake I made. Like, I thought at home I needed to feel like I was with family. Because that's how I grew up. I grew up with family at home. Therefore, my roommate needs to be family. I had a great experience in college with my roommates other than the vibrator girl. Like... <laughs> I was with my friends. I felt at home. And then the moment I tried to recreate that in the adult world, it sort of crumpled on me because that's just not how the world really works. And there's not a lot of, you know, filters. And and unlike college, you're not living similar lives and you're putting yourself out to a group of people that are not, there's just no filter. And if I had to go back to living with someone, I think the irony of what you just said is very funny, which is I would want someone that doesn't want me there. I want someone that doesn't want me as a roommate. This is the only situation in my life when I want to be invisible because I know that people want invisible people. Yes. That's what you want to live with is an invisible person. Yeah. You know, I think it was Adam Smith that had this theory about human beings and how human beings perceive others in certain ways. And depending how well you know that person, Mm -hmm. it excuses certain behaviors. So if my best friend were to be in the middle of a restaurant and go, gobble, 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 and fart, (laughs) I'd be like, oh man, there's something wrong with her or she's trying to be funny. If a stranger did that, I'd be like, this person needs psychiatric help. Yeah, yeah. So there's a nuance there that it's unequal how you judge people. Yeah. And when you live with someone, unless you become friends with them, it always feels tenuous. Mm-hmm. You never get to a point where you fully really know who they are, but you are also in their most private space. Yeah. So you see them gobbling and farting <laughs> and and you think to yourself, this makes sense because this is their space. But simultaneously, you're yeah. not best friends. So you're like, yeah. this person needs to go to psychiatric ward. And, and, and that, I think is the beauty and magic and treacherousness of roommatism. Yes. There's a funny story about the British guy that I think it kind of like encapsulates this. Before I moved in there, he had somebody else come and look at my room, just some random person, some guy. And he didn't like him. He didn't let him move in. So that guy that ended up not moving into that house, he ended up renting a unit in the apartments that were in front by the driveway. And so my my British roommate, the married one, hated that guy. Hated him. The funniest thing was that my roommate, the British guy, his complaint about this guy was that the guy was trying to be his friend. 
he was trying to force friendship on him and he was always trying to offer him like weed or any other some other kind of drugs and always wanted to like be like hey want to come over and hang out hey should i come over and hang out which is exactly what the british guy was doing to you exactly what he was doing to me and i would sit there and he would complain so much about this guy. oh this guy he's terrible he won't leave me alone he keeps insisting on being my friend he keeps trying to offer me drugs he's and i'm like how are you so un self-aware that you don't see that this is you to me people tend to deflect though people tend to deflect things that things that you don't like about yourself you tend to bring up about other people to deflect it away from you uh he was like a big he's like a golden retriever you know how golden retrievers are like lovable but like annoying that's, that's what me, bro. Room. That's how I describe myself. I don't like this. What if I'm the British guy? <laughs> Spoiler alert, everyone. I'm the British guy Kevin was living with. That's oh me. <laughs> Hello, my name is Chadwick and me. I won't be his friend. Do you have a neck tattoo? Because you have a got, neck tattoo. I got a neck tattoo. I've got like like generational <laughs> trauma and I got like a bizarre sense of self-worth that is based on nothing. Yeah, I probably should have known by the neck tattoo. That was that was a red flag. I think one of the things we can conclude from today is I'm not the best judgment of character, yeah. and I and I trust people too much. Yeah, and it's something that in my 30s I'm correcting and course correcting. Yeah. yeah, I think that my takeaway that I've had from this is that I realized that I'm probably the bad roommate in all these people's stories. Like Logan's back in the, you know, Wisconsin, wherever he's from. He's like, I had this roommate who would just lock himself in the room and not talk to anybody and be really rude and mean. Like, I'm I'm sure that I am terrible to them. So that first roommate I told you about that stole from me, she wrote to me recently and said, hey, hmm. I just want to let you know that thanks to you, I've become a more accepting person. I recently had hmm. a roommate who didn't clean her dishes either. And you know what? I let it slide. And she cleaned it on Friday after three days of it piling up. And, you know, I'm glad that you taught me tolerance. And I'm like, I mean, you you stole my shit and made my friends hate me. But, yeah, this feels this feels worthy yeah. of you writing to me about that I was Her a shitty take roommate. Away. Her takeaway from... <laughs> with me is that now dirty dishes don't bother her. Oh, my God. Her takeaway from the whole situation was that you left dirty dishes and that now she's a bigger person because she doesn't get mad about it. Not that she stole from you. I, I, I reread it and read it and I thought it was a joke. And I was like, I actually don't think this is a, I think she's being real. But yeah, I guess as you say in, in Spanish, cada uno es su propio mundo. Everyone is their yes. own world. And yeah. we're, we're just characters in their world. And when you're roommates, <laughs> you're just basically you go from being an extra to being a uh, what's it called in TV? Um, supporting. You go from being an extra to being a supporting character or, or maybe even a main character. And mm-hmm. then the moment you move out, you go back to being just an extra that pops yeah. in for, for flashbacks. Yeah. So I'm glad I helped her in her journey. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she's like, she's like, my roommate now doesn't clean her dishes. So like now, she, now I wait and then she cleans them and then I steal them. Once <laughs> clean. It's so nice that she like eventually, like I have patience for her, enough patience that she'll clean the dishes so that I can properly steal them. Steal them. You know, oh my God. I'm good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Growth. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. growth. Well, we didn't really have a lot of like intellectual takeaways from this conversation, but no. we did share a lot about each other's life. Yeah. Yes. 
And I got yeah. to know you a little bit better. You, you're you usually just listening to me and Jenny and editing our voices for hours on end. And now mm-hmm. we've got to... You guys are like roommates in my brain. Oh, I'm so your sorry voices. about that. <laughs> what a nightmare. Stealing yeah. your time, making your brain go cray, putting cockroaches in it. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>